Through the darkness of future past, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. This is Megan Massingill. For the next two hours, we'll be listening live as I play music directly from, inspired by, or that I wish had been on this series, Twin Peaks. We will be giving away Bandcamp codes and merchandise to celebrate the station's third anniversary. You are listening to Eardrum Buzz Radio on eardrumbuzz.net, and I am delighted to be your tour guide, Diane. It's 6.01 p.m. Pacific time, entering the town of Twin Peaks.
If you're familiar with the show, you'll know that this is the theme to Twin Peaks. It was used for the two-season television series on ABC, but it was also continued for Twin Peaks The Return, which aired on Showtime in 2017. We will begin the musical portion beyond some of the thematic elements like that one by composer Angelo Badalamenti, who worked with David Lynch throughout his life until his death last year. The first non-Badalamenti song you will hear tonight is Nico Case with Deep Red Bells. This song is concerning uh, the victims of the Green River Killer, a serial killer who targeted women in the Pacific Northwest very prolific and terrifying. Um, because so much of Twin Peaks is centered around the murder of Laura Palmer, as well as the harm and murder of other young women, I felt this was a way to start it off. Not only do I really love Nico Case as an artist, but I really respect this point of view from the often forgotten voiceless and many victim. So we begin with Nico Case with Deep Red Bells, and then you'll hear songs from Dirty Beaches and Trailer Trash Tracys. I'll tell you a little bit more about those when we return. In the meantime, let's begin, and we will enter the town of Twin Peaks together. Thread's 
have to suffer long about you Does your soul cast about like an old paper bag Past empty lives and early grass
you just heard Trailer Trash Tracy's. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. That is off of their 2012 debut uh, via Domino Records. It's a beautiful album. Uh, Candy Girl is a vinyl only single. Prior to that, I played a song by Dirty Beaches called Sweet 17. Dirty Beaches was a pro project by Alex, Alex Zhang Hongtai, a Taiwanese uh, Canadian born musician. Uh, but also a, a bit of the future to it. And I wanted to feature those aspects. And then again, we began with Nico Case's Deep Red Bells. We were about to enjoy just a little bit of trivia about the show, a little bit of contextual background, and then we are going to drastically hop time to the past. Three songs from the far past, one from the series, one I wish had been in the series, and one featured in a different Lynch project. But before we join the world of 1930s through 1960s, the show's name came from its setting, which was a small fictional Washington town. Exteriors were primarily filmed in Snoqualmie and North Bend, Washington. Most of the interior scenes were shot on standing sets in a San Fernando Valley warehouse, excluding the two hour pilot, which was filmed in Washington state. Initially, the two writers, David Lynch and Mark Frost, wanted to have a, more of a police procedural slash slice of life. And the hope initially between the two writers was that Laura Palmer's murder and the search for her killer would fade as the audience became more engaged with the goings on of the people in the town and their lives. But unfortunately, A, the audience viewership wanted to know, and including myself, and the characters of the, especially of the young women had really grabbed the, the viewing public. ABC required that they, Mark Frost and David Lynch reveal Laura Palmer's killer halfway through season two, which lent to an odd result, but also took the direction of the following feature length film and 2017 series in a really interesting, somewhat spiritual, somewhat depressing direction. And essentially we're dealing with themes of essentially lost innocence, great love for each other, but what happens when we fail each other and ourselves, as well as dashes of spirituality, much of which was invented by David Lynch. But in order to really be in this world, I think we should go very far back in time. This will be the Paris sisters with I Love How You Love Me. And to complete the dizzying time change from the present day reflected through a very distorted rockabilly tinted lens, we are going to go way back in time. And then we are going to give away some merchandise. You're listening to Megan Massingill presenting the music of Twin Peaks as it was and as I wish it had been. Influences.
And little bits of trivia about the show. For Eardrum Buzz Radio's third anniversary on eardrumbuzz.net, thank you for being here. I love how your eyes close whenever you kiss me. And when I'm away from you, I love how you miss me. I love the way you always treat me tenderly. But darling, most of
to know the same for as long as we live That was Rosie and the Originals with Angel Baby from 1960. 
This group recorded this song on a two-track machine located in a facility in the small farming com community at the time of San Marcos, California. This is very close to where I live now. At the time, lead singer Rosie Hamlin was only 15 years old, and she wrote the lyrics for Angel Baby as a poem for her very first boyfriend when she was a 14-year-old student at Mission Bay High School in San Diego, California. It was actually recorded in an airplane hangar, and that's why it has all that rich reverb to it. I believe um, Rosie Hamlin passed away recently, but that's a really distinctive song and voice uh, that was, she passed unfortunately in 2017. Um, a really distinctive voice uh, that became a very important song for I guess you would say classic R&B radio here in California, there will be radio shows that will be devoted to these very sweet swoony love songs that are designed to cruise with your sweetheart in your classic car. And I just think that's terribly romantic. That is not a song that was played on Twin Peaks, but I really wish it had been. It has all of the elements. Prior to that, I played The Platters with My Prayer from 1954. The Platters were a group composed of four men and one lady. And this song that was featured in Twin Peaks, The Return in 2017, it actually is featured twice in The Return, both times during really frightening scenes. Uh, its first appearance is when it's a it's an almost entirely black and white episode set in the past in 1954. We hear it play over the radio in a small town in New Mexico when a spooky, clearly undead woodsman hobo character invades the station, murdering the crew and croaking out the only spoken phrase, got a light. And then it is repraised during the season finale in a really disturbing scene that I won't describe, but it's to great effect to have such a sweet, tender song with discordant visuals. And then a woodsman wanders into the station, seizing the DJ by the skull, knocking the stylist physically off the record, interrupting the song, commandeering the station signal to record this poem. This is the water and this is the well. Drink full and descend. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. You're listening to Megan Massengill presenting music of or inspired by Twin Peaks on Eardrum Buzz Radio for its third anniversary on eardrumbuzz.net. We are going back into the woods.
league with the drunk midwife Those that yonder all in flames Dragging behind him a sack of chains Who's that yonder all in flames For up jumped the devil and he staked his claim
And that was Zola Jesus with a David Lynch remix. That was from 2012. That song is titled In Your Nature. I believe that's from an entire album or EP of Zola Jesus songs that were remixed by the director and co-writer of the series, David Lynch. That was not a song that appeared in the series, but I think it could have fit just right. And I love it. I think it's beautiful. I like the guitar tone. And I wanted to share it here with you. Before that were Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds with Up Jumped the Devil. I believe that song was featured in the series, but I'm having a little trouble locating which episode or moment, etc. It must have disappeared into the ether. It's a little frustrating because I have been slightly obsessively doing research on this for a few weeks. But at any rate, clearly it fits with the chaotic, rollicking nature in the fictional town of Twin Peaks, there is an establishment called the Roadhouse, and in the Roadhouse, there is a live music venue called the Bang Bang Bar, and it became a feature of each episode of Twin Peaks The Return in 2017 to have a performance, whether full or about most of it, two-thirds, three-quarters of, of a song by different bands. You'll hear a Nine Inch Nails song later in this set, uh, or not in the set, but in the show, that was featured as one of the performances at the Bang Bang Bar in Twin Peaks The Return. So I think that Nick Cave and the Bad Seed song could have easily been performed at the Bang Bang Bar, and you can see people smashing beer bottles over each other's heads to it. And this set of three began with Ravenettes, and a song of theirs titled Alley Walk With Me, but a twist, it's remixed by the performer and producer Trante Moller. I thought that was a really nice twist on a song I know well. I don't know if she's listening, but I'm playing it specifically uh, for my friend Sierra Peralta. She's a terrific DJ and um, has amazing taste of her own. But in addition, she began her DJ life a year ago, and I told her I would come and support her at our main home club here in San Diego. She did an incredible job, but she opened her set with Ali Walk With Me and a song by True Widow that I've not included here. And I was hooked. I am a big fan of her DJ work. If you are interested, she is on Mixcloud as G DJ Cheshireine. That's like the Cheshire Cat, but it's C-H-E-S-H-I-R-I-N-E. She features more on the electronic dance uh, driving side, but if you're interested in very, very up-tempo, but also dark music, uh, as well as many other genres, she's, um, she's actually really incredible. DJ Cheshireen is your girl. Check her out on Mixcloud. We are about to begin a brief set because I wanted to feature a little quirk of the series, which is riddled with quirks. So the show began originally as a bit of a police procedural. They encounter, a fisherman encounters the body of a young woman wrapped in plastic, wrapped, uh, washed up on, on the side of the, the beach, face down, and they turn her over, and her face is almost swaddled or framed, almost like a, the tops of a bouquet of roses peeking out. And it's a startling moment. They've the makeup to indicate her her state of decay is purple and blue, and it's surprisingly and heartbreakingly lovely. Again, 
initially the hope was that that the police procedural would sort of ebb and it would be more of a slice of life quirky thing. I don't know if any of you remember an old TV series called Northern Exposure, but it was clearly inspired by Northern Exposure. But I think too many of us either identified with or fell in love with poor doomed Laura Palmer. And it became a bit more over time about the lives of some of the young people of the town. Also somewhat tertiarily about the immense role that logging or, you know, the cultivation of timber played in that area's economy and how it was beginning to die. It was a, a profession and a way of life that had sustained the individuals, but also decimated the land and its trees a bit. And so that way of life was beginning to change at that time in the early 1990s. And so in that still police procedural element of it, which could sometimes be extremely comedic, there was a little group, all of men in this show, called the Bookhouse Boys. They had a patch, like a scouting patch, and the Bookhouse Boys were not entirely comprised of law enforcement, but quite a bit of the law enforcement individuals were members of this kind of secret society they had been called the citizen brigade citizens brigade but they were the bookhouse boys they were a secret society formed to combat the darkness surrounding the town of twin peaks some of these members belonged to the twin peaks sheriff department and they also played a kind of vigilante role against drug dealers etc this is season one episode three and the first song i'd like to play of this Three song set is another instrumental by Angelo Badalamenti. It's called The Bookhouse Boys after these kind of bumbling individuals who I think meant well, but ultimately they weren't terribly successful. We'll begin with two other songs uh, or follow with two other songs. One is a Mark Lanigan and Assorted Musicians side project. It was a one off, a performance of Joy Division's Disorder. Uh, that I just think is terrific and wanted to share. And that will be followed by Pixies, There Goes My Gun, which did appear in the series. So we're going to leave the forest and head into the sheriff's office where things are always a little bit chaotic and not working quite right. And sometimes that's a comedic effect. And sometimes it's a tragic effect. So pardon me. I'll open the door for you. Let's head into the sheriff's office. We'll begin with the Bookhouse Boys. This is Megan Massengill playing and guiding you through the fictional town of Twin Peaks, music that appeared in it, music that I wish it had or that was inspired by it, for Eardrum Buzz Radio's third anniversary on eardrumbuzz.net.
And that was Pixies with There Goes My Gun, which was featured in Twin Peaks. Before that, I'd just like to observe that that's off the terrific Doolittle album when they were still signed to 4AD. I believe that was back from 1989. So that, I think, was featured in the second episode of Twin Peaks The Return, the 2017 Showtime series that was intended to wrap up the project. I don't believe or anticipate there'll be any more beyond that. In the original film, Laura Palmer, who, as you know, has been found dead in the first episode, necessitating the Kyle McLaughlin character, Special Agent Dale Cooper, to drive into Twin Peaks, announcing to his assistant Diane on a handheld voice recorder, Diane... 5.17 p.m. entering the town of Twin Peaks. It's uh, it's just a really huge scope and a lot of characters to keep track of. Um, Laura Palmer says to Special Agent Dale Cooper, somewhere between when the series in its initial 1990-91 wrap, uh, run and the film Firewalk with Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me, which was a standalone film, very, very violent and very widely panned because it took a, a sharp turn from the generally quirky tone that Twin Peaks the series had. Laura Palmer reveals to Special Agent Dale Cooper in what's sometimes called the Black Lodge or the Red Room, she says to him, I'll see you again in 25 years. And that's what Twin Peaks the return was we saw them again 25 years later and it's pretty astonishing whether you as a viewer watch it and feel that it was successful or not it's so cool to have a surreal moment in american pop culture that kind of feels like it could or could not be a throwaway and then here it is fulfilled and we saw them again in 25 years so that pixie song was featured in the second episode of twin peaks the return Prior to Pixies, There Goes My Gun, I have played for you Mark Lanigan and a group of other musicians. Um, I'm about to describe this for you in detail, covering, I almost said the wrong band name, Joy Division's Disorder. I just about named a very different band. Wrong project. So the backstory behind um, this cover of Disorder by Mark Lanigan, formerly of Screaming Trees, as well as himself, and I believe he did some other projects, mostly doing vocals for other bands. A terrific musician who did pass away recently. May he rest in peace. He was singing this beloved Joy Division song along with the guitarist for the time, at the time, for Smashing Pumpkins, Jeff Schroeder, Peter Hook's son, Jack, and drummer Shane Graham. This was a special one-off live version to benefit the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund for the Crew fundraiser. I think that's really special. I really wanted to share it. I also, also think it sounds terrific. It wasn't in the world of Twin Peaks. Again, I really think it could have been. And we began with Angelo Badalamenti's, uh, one of the pieces of his score from the first round of Twin Peaks. He did the music for Twin Peaks and its assorted project from its inception all the way through 2017. He also passed away recently and may he rest in peace. Uh, so much of that original soundtrack has very synth-driven but dark moments that gives it a bit of a Leonard Cohen feel to me. They are instrumentals, but clearly uh, 
David Lynch's fondness for jazz, and obviously Badalamenti shared that fondness, influenced the instrumentals throughout the series. And this is one of the, the jazzier tracks that I think is so moody with just the right amount of reverb. I love the way the saxophone kind of enters gently, kind of shuffles through the room as characters in Twin Peaks do, whether it's an, an actual room in the present day or an alternate universe room. Sometimes even in the past, people kind of shuffle through, dance through, and I like the shuffle and the eeriness and the optimism, but also the sadness, the twirling downward notes uh, of the futility of fighting the massiveness of the evil that has pervaded this region, and perhaps one could argue human nature in the world itself. So that's Angelo Badalamenti with The Bookhouse Boys. You are listening to Megan Massengill speaking about Twin Peaks, its history, music from the series and film, music I wish had been in the series and film or that I feel could have been in the series and film, little bits of trivia about the series, and I am giving away download codes via Bandcamp. You can reach me directly to, I'd, I'd love to give away as many of those as I can tonight. Let me know if you have Bandcamp and you'd like to hear them. We have several selections. I'll name some of the artists that are featured in the download codes that Brett is giving away as part of Eardrum Buzz's third anniversary. We're about to begin what I'm thinking of as a Laura Palmer block. It will begin with another Angelo Badalamenti, the Laura Palmer's theme. And then it will feature Wise Blood, Photo Crime, and Nine Inch Nails from a song that was featured on 2017's The Return. Thank you for listening to Eardrum Buzz Radio on its third anniversary on eardrumbuzz.net. This is Megan Massengill. I'd like to introduce you to Laura Palmer. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. But is she? We saw her again in 25 years. I'd like to make your acquaintance.
This song is dedicated to Jennifer Bowden Hardy. I love you.
I'm so glad you're here. I have so many things to tell you. This is Megan Massengill, and you're listening to the music of Twin Peaks, featured in it, inspired by it, things I wish had been in it, celebrating Eardrum Buzz Radio's third anniversary on eardrumbuzz.net. Thank you for being here. This set began with Angelo Badalamenti's instrumental Laura Palmer's theme. So lore goes that David Lynch really wanted to license Song for the Siren, but could not afford it, and so challenged Angelo Badalamenti to write something comparable. Angelo Badalamenti's first main break came when he was brought in to be Isabella Rossellini's singing coach for the song Blue Velvet in David Lynch's 1986 film Blue Velvet. They collaborated to write Mysteries of Love using lyrics that Lynch wrote and Bottle and Menti's music. Julie Cruz, who you'll hear shortly, <clears throat> who went on to work with Lynch and Bottle and Menti on other projects, performed the vocals for that track. Bottle and Menti composed the score for Blue Velvet and served as music supervisor. Lynch's request to the composer for, was the score to, quote, be like Shostakovich, be very Russian, but make it the most beautiful thing, but make it dark and a little bit scary. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we got Angelo Badalamente's inimitable sonic score texture setting of the series of the film and of the subsequent ser series, Twin Peaks, The Return in 2017. There's a wonderful think interview on YouTube, if you're interested, where Angelo Badalamenti talks a little bit about the process of composing and showing the song to David Lynch. It's pretty magical. Badalamenti passed away in 2022. May he rest in peace. This segment of the show I thought of as the Laura Palmer segment. Laura Palmer is a very complicated figure who is seen by some as a paragon of innocence, but also undergoes, unfortunately, terrible abuse, is drawn to debauchery, and ultimately is harmed repeatedly and murdered. But we are drawn to her, we learn quite a bit about her, and we do see quite a bit of her. To symbolize the goodness and innocence and kindness of Laura, I chose Wise Bloods, God, Turn Me Into a Flower. That's from Wise Blood's 2022 release on Sub Pop Records and In the Darkness, Hearts Aglow. Wise Blood is based out of Los Angeles. This is her second album. If you enjoy that, I highly recommend that you look at more Wise Blood material. She's also fantastic as a live performer. I included some of the Bandcamp links in the thread of our messages here on Facebook in the Eardrum Buzz Radio group, but you can also look that up on Bandcamp under Wiseblood, that's W-E-Y-E-S space B-L-O-O-D. After Wiseblood, I shared with you Louisville's Kentucky's own photo crime with a song called Never Fall Out of Love. That album was released in 2020. And the album is called South of Heaven. In the photograph, Ryan Patterson of Photo Crime 
is standing in front of my favorite restaurant here in San Diego, a vegan restaurant called Kindred, with a graphic design that is somewhat reminiscent of some of the Twin Peaks graphics and logos. I felt that that song was a natural pair. No, it was not featured in the series, but I felt it was a natural pair for the song that followed, which was featured in the series, and that's Nine Inch Nails with She's Gone Away. That song actually is performed in the Bang Bang Bar at the Roadhouse in what I consider to be one of the finest episodes or moments in the entire history of Twin Peaks. That was episode eight of Twin Peaks, The Return in 2017. It's a stunning cinematography feature. It's mostly in black and white. We go back to New Mexico in the 1950s. It's terrifying. It's beautiful. It's very abstract. Uh, if you enjoy certain types of experimental film, such as the early work of Maya Darren, you may enjoy it. It's absolutely stunning. It, frankly, for me as a viewer, makes up for some of the noise of some of the other plot lines. And that was a really special moment in the series. And it's a really cool moment visually, too. It's very dark with kind of blues and pinks reflecting from the red neon of the Bang Bang Bar. It was fun to hear a new Nine Inch Nails work that felt very special and of the of the place. So we are wildly careening toward the end of my two hour time here with you on Eardrum Buzz Radio. We're not quite there yet, but we're we're careening to the end very quickly. I'm so grateful that you've been here with me, that you've shared this time with me. It means the world to me. And it means the world to me to share this cultural moment about which I do have conflicting feelings. But it was really pivotal for me. I was in high school when it came out. It was must-see television watching with my, my dear mother. And it really changed me aesthetically. And it helped me appreciate certain forms of cinema or certain elements. And I do feel that the suffering of the of the beings of Twin Peaks is over-dramatized, sometimes fetishized, and I'm uncomfortable with that, but it also encourages the viewer to have sympathy for the people who are suffering and for the pain and suffering of all. And then that regard, it's very special. I'd like to share a few more songs with you, then I'd like to talk to you just a bit more. But before that, I'd also like to share with you that we have a few more shows coming up. This is the last day of the four-day celebration of Eardrum Buzz Radio's third anniversary. Congratulations, Brett. Brett has really built this station into a thriving community with a huge amount of musical variety. If you had ever told me that I would be eagerly listening to multiple rounds of two Norwegian semi-screamo death metal individuals riffing on the significance of the number three. I don't know if I would have believed you. I have met friends through this station. I have gained a little bit of a platform and a microphone through this station. I get to share music with you. This is one of the most meaningful aspects of life to me. Thank you so much, Brett. And thank you to every listener and every DJ. This has been a really fun weekend and experience. 
For the next few hours, there will be music from Hogarth Records, DJ Jimmy C, a.k.a. Jim Biggs of Black Knight Crash, and John Trainer for two hours, and that will wrap up our third anniversary weekend. Please do stay with us if you're able. But whether you've been in and out with us or you've just joined, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're here. It really means so much to me. Heading to the end, I wanted songs that would capture the dread, fear, horror, and despair of much of what pervades this series and the note on which it ends. I still think there's beauty in despair. I live in America. This is America's Independence Day. Murdered women and girls have always been a scourge for our country. It's a theme of Twin Peaks. It's only gotten worse since then. Until we are all free, none of us are free. This is Megan Massengill on Eardrum Buzz Radio on eardrumbuzznet.net. You'll be listening to The Hacks and Cloak, PJ Harvey, and Julie Cruz. We descend deeper into the well to drink of the water, to feel the pain and suffering of the world so that we may somehow alleviate it.
That was Petrie Harvey with My Beautiful Liam. I have included YouTube links in the Facebook thread because these artists don't have Bandcamp pages, oddly enough. My Beautiful Leah is from PJ Harvey's album from 1998, Is This Desire? Before that, I shared with you Hacks and Cloak's Astonishing Mist, M-I-S-T-E. That's from the Hacks and Cloaks second studio album called Excavation. It was released on Triangle Records on 2013. Mista was featured in the terrific series Castle Rock, which was based off of the Stephen King multiverse. Also another wonderful series. I want it in Twin Peaks, so I pushed it here. This brings us towards the end of tonight's show. I want to thank all of you for joining. I want to thank Brett for giving me this show time and giving me this platform and being my friend. This was a really interesting journey. I never really realized how much this series meant to me. So it means a lot to me to share it with you. The last song... is by Julie Cruz called The World Spins. When Julie Cruz passed away last year, it was a terrible loss because she was very much the voice of this series. 
Julie Cruz was classically trained and she toured with the B-52s filling in when Cindy Wilson needed support. But she created incredible music for this series. And this song really symbolizes the, the sadness, pain and grief and loss. And now it's our loss. I especially wanna thank my mother and Patrick for supporting me tonight. They keep my world spinning. My name is Megan. Thank you for joining me. This has been a celebration of the music of Twin Peaks on Eardrum Buzz Radio at eardrumbuzz.net. Thank you. Good night.